1: All right, joining us in the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line truly steps beyond convenience, Steve Walsh, National Champion Quarterback, University of Miami. Steve, good morning. How are you doing?
2: Doing great. Getting ready to head up to uh, South Bend.
1: Oh, are you going to the game? I am Oh, that's awesome. okay, so so what's it gonna feel like for you then, okay? because it's the first time that the hurricanes now they've played you know Notre Dame uh, a couple of times in the recent years, but it's the first time in a while that they're playing at South Bend. So what is it going to feel like? What do you anticipate it feeling like for you stepping uh, back into that stadium?
2: Well, I guess it'll uh, you know bring back a lot of lot of interesting memories, great memories. I'll have to go see if I still have some blood on that far sideline from uh, splitting open my chin. But uh, you know, I think uh obviously both both programs in a much different place than uh way back in nineteen eighty eight or even I guess the last time they were there was probably nineteen ninety, you know, when both programs were very powerful and you know, excited just to go back and, and kind of see that environment. Uh, you know, obviously when you're when you're going through it and you're preparing for a ball game, a lot of things are just a blur and uh now to go back as a fan and, and watch and hopefully see uh, the canes pull out a big victory and get their season back on track
0: what are your thoughts about hatred when it comes to notre dame zaslow was asking me if you hated notre dame and i was like i don't know you might have to be a little bit unbiased now
2: <laughs> well you know being a midwestern kid from minnesota you think oh man you you know you must love notre dame and and, of course, it was the only blemish on my on my record as a starting quarterback at Miami, so I get reminded of it constantly, so yeah, there's still some hatred there for Notre dame
1: and what about you know during that time because you're you were obviously part of that rivalry at its absolute peak, okay, so let's say so going into the nineteen eighty eight game that's the infamous Cleveland Gary game, of course, and you got the Catholics versus convict shirts. What was it? And they got a thirty for thirty coming out specifically on that year, Catholics versus Convicts. What what was going on in your locker room? You guys are kids, and just the hype built around that game and the Catholics versus Convicts angle. What was it like for you guys as kids?
2: Well, we were ranked number one, and we were coming off you know the national championship from '87, so we were right where we thought we should be, and you know Miami has always thrived on being you know the bad guys the the team everybody loves to hate and uh so that that was fine. we had no problems with that uh I joked with uh you know our our team chaplain father Leo I think we had more Catholics on our team of course <laughs> I was Catholic but uh you know we we obviously knew we were on the uh on the flip side of that Catholics versus converse and convicts t shirt and it really, you know, was just another thing to get us jacked up for the game.
1: And I mean, we got Steve Walsh here, national champion quarterback joining us, uh, of course. Now it's, there's so much racial overtone to Catholics versus convicts. I mean, so, so do some of the kids in your locker room, like do they become offended with the whole convicts angle?
2: No, I, I don't think so. As, as I said, we thrived on being the bad boys and, and that was just one other thing to to get us up for the game. We didn't need need much. Obviously, we knew that Notre Dame was the up and coming team, and and uh, they were talented. And uh, this was going to be one of those games that you circle on the on the schedule. Of course, we had we had plenty that year after beating Michigan just a couple weeks earlier, and and that was obviously a big game. But uh, that that schedule in '88 was was really good. You know, going to LSU later in the year and and we knew that we had to get past Notre Dame and, um, you know, unfortunately we, we didn't get the right calls, the right bounces. And, and, uh, you know, they, they deserve a lot of credit and there is that, that documentary coming out. And, and, uh, you know, for me, I was obviously part of this documentary and to, to be able to go, go back and watch some of the plays, they did a great job. They got great pressure on me and they, they caused some turnovers and, and, uh, you know, we struggled stopping them consistently on, on defense, they had a couple of big plays um, in the special teams game, and that was the difference of the ball game.
1: Zaz mentioned the racial undertones of the Catholics versus convicts thing. Were you guys even cognizant of the racial implications of that, or did that not even occur to you at the time? Is that more of a conversation that we've had years later?
2: I, I think it, it's become more, you know, obviously we're not walking through the parking lot seeing all the T shirts. I mean, we were. we kind of knew that it was getting built up as that because they started t- selling those T-shirts, you know, the, the, obviously the week before the game. And, and you know, but for us, it was, you know, going into a hostile environment. We, we again, those are the things that we thrived on. I think all the successful teams at Miami thrived on that. And that really was a, a very much of a sidebar for us. We knew that we had to play well. We knew that we had to protect the ball. And those are the things that we didn't do and they deserve some credit for that. Uh obviously you'd like to get a different call on the on the goal line when yep. it obviously looks like we, we score a touchdown. Yep. Uh, that would have you know I guess tied the game at that point. Um, and we don't get it. And we get a bad call, but we get the ball back, we score, uh we immediately decide we're going for two. Was, was, was that even a, to, was that
1: even a question, Steve? Like I love Jimmy Johnson. After the game, the quote where it's like, "We're Miami. We go. We we try and win the game." I mean, there was was there ever any doubt that you guys were going for two?
2: There was no doubt in my mind. Uh, as as we we look back on on it and talked to some of the coaches, I know Wanstead was telling Jimmy, "Just kick the extra point. Of course he tie. was. We're going to win the next." You know, so you know you think back about it and and uh, but in my mind, I immediately say, "Hey, we're going for two. And then the funny thing was. After we, we don't get it, and there was a there was an opportunity to get it, and I had to kind of move and reset in the pocket. And, and so we don't get it. But I go back to the bench, and I'm immediately thinking about the two plays that we're going to run after we get the onside kick. <laughs> and, and I think about it, that was just the confidence that we had. And it was obviously great by the coaches that they instilled that in us. Obviously winning a lot of games helped too. But that was just the mindset that we had. That we we're just we're going to get the onside kick and I'm going to you know throw a pass to Cleveland Gary and maybe Andre Brown and we're going to kick the field goal and win. Yeah, and that's just what we do.
0: Something tells me that that you along with just about every other single player in that locker room really embraced the the convict thing because me thinking about it, if they're going to put a shirt out that's going to be saying Catholics versus convicts, I'm going to embrace the hell out of that because I'm, it's basically stating that we're bad motor scooters and you guys are pretty <laughs> boys and you guys are doing everything by the book. I don't know about you, Walshy, but I I, I love that shirt.
2: Yeah, it was it's it's classic, and and like I said, they're coming out with the story. I'm going to do some some media interviews on this documentary. They're having a couple screenings and things like that, and you know it'll it'll be a it's certainly not going to be the U or the U two, but uh, it's going to have a little different twist on the whole game, and, and sh- should be interesting. I, I think they're going to air that in December on ESPN. Yeah. But yeah, I mean we. Hey, every big game, of course, you know, college football was a different time at that point. You know, not every single football game was on national TV. And, and a lot of our, our attitudes was, Hey, if we're playing on national TV, somebody's fighting. You know? <laughs> and that was, that was our thing. I mean, Dan, Daniel Stubbs, you know, that was kind of his thing. Hey, we're, we're fighting. This game's on national TV. And, and I still recall after pregame warmups, we were on the far side and all right, what are we going to do? We're going around and we're going through them. and, the consensus was we're going through them. So we, we go through their, their stretch line at the end and that, that didn't sit well and we got in a fight at the end of the pregame. So um, it, it was, it was kind of comical to me because I was surrounded by three freshman Miami kids and, Nobody was getting close to me, and I was you kind know, of just sitting there chuckling.
1: Right, I'm like, Steve Walsh must feel so confident next to the guys. Oh, running those guys? I mean, yeah, you course. got a lot of confidence in that spot.
0: Hell yeah, those are, those are the dogs you let off the chain when you go running through. Hell yeah. Uh, you're <laughs> obviously up at IMG right now. You're in Bradenton, and, and you're as involved as, with the school as possible, uh, but you're still relevant in terms of the game of football. You're, you're constantly around it and, and dealing with a really good quarterback like we have Brad Kaya. What is your opinion on him in terms of how he's developed this year? Because my opinion is it seems like he's kind of regressed slightly and I don't know if that's due to the offensive line or not.
2: Well, you have to understand that it's the new offense and you know, Mark Rick does a great job with him and it's, it's been great to see Mark, you know, totally in his ear and, and, you know, back to calling plays and, and doing all those things. So I think it's a great opportunity for, for Brad to, to uh, you know, raise his level of his game. And, and I think that you know there's always growing pains when you change offenses it's understanding protections and, and route concepts and when and where guys open up so i think that's part of it i think that there is some growing pains there i think you you have to look at the positions and and you know know that he had some injuries at the wide receiver position you know you, Stacey cole is still a dynamic player but amon richards is a you know freshman i coached against you know when i was up at cardinal newman just a couple years ago so he's a he's a young kid and um you know, so I think there's still growing pains uh, for whatever reason, and and you know, you just wait for Brad to, to you know bust out and, and have one of those spectacular games, and, and hopefully this is the week that it happens.
0: Do you think that any of this NFL talk and leaving early and Kuiper's top five? Do you think that's played a role at all with with Brad?
2: I don't know. There's certainly times where guys hear things about themselves or read things and, and then, you know, maybe it changes your mindset a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, there's been documented story, maybe even uh, Jadavion Clowney, how when he knew he was going to be the overall number one, he kind of, you know, took plays off or didn't they necessarily put, you know, put his body in position of harm and things like that as a quarterback, the position is so delicate because every day it's about making decisions. Every time you step on that field, it's you make either a good decision or a bad decision, and that's the rhythm and tempo and success of your offense on those decisions. And so if he if he has a bad day making decisions, not going to look so pretty. And, uh, again, that comes back to him being comfortable with the offense and being totally in sync. I mean, I think back to my, my time, and obviously when nostalgia kicks in, you're always a little bit better than maybe you were, but I had complete command of that offense, and, and I knew it inside and out from – watching Vinny Testaverdi for two years, and then obviously my, my two years as a starter. And, and um, you know, I just felt like I was in control of, of that offense in every play and every snap.
1: Got 30 seconds here with Steve Walsh. 30 seconds, Steve. Did Jimmy Johnson hate Lou Holtz?
2: <laughs> I think there's a little piece in this documentary about how they hired Lou Holtz over Jimmy Johnson, which I didn't know. And so, yeah, there was always a little bit of uh, – animosity between those two of course, you know, Holtz was, you know, kind of a, a showman and, and certainly a great motivator and, an unbelievable coach, you know, he had success, you know, almost everywhere he, he was, I guess, maybe not in the NFL, but, uh, you know, he, he got the job over Jimmy and Jimmy had to go on his path and, and ultimately got to the, to great success as well. But I think that probably sat in the back of his mind that, uh, you know, he didn't like him and, and, uh, you know, that that plays out in, in this documentary as well.
1: Great job, Steve. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Go Canes. That's Steve Walsh right there, Hurricane National Champion. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.